Good afternoon. Welcome to Sidebar with John Duran, my weekly show. You're listening to Channel Q on FMHD and Radio.com, broadcasting in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Phoenix, and our newest city, Palm Springs. Hey, Coachella Valley, listening in on 103.1. So happy to have Palm Springs as part of the familia here. It's very exciting, kids, because this is our election show. If you listened to me last week, you know we had our incredible Halloween experience. Extravaganza. I'm going to borrow the words from the dumb gay politics gals. I love that word, extravaganza. But we had everything from uh, lesbian wiccas to uh, gay psychic mediums to uh, the owner of the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. We had a really spooky show. Well, talk about spooky. Election Day is coming up next Tuesday, so I decided to dedicate this entire show to the elections. And we're going to have some great guests today. We're going to have the incredible Seppi Shine from the HRC, uh, Human Rights Campaign, giving us an update on the congressional and federal races going on all over the country. It'd be great to hear from Seppi. And then we've got uh, Samuel coming from Equality California. He'll be on later in the hour to talk about California and our California state races and what's happening and shaping up as Gavin Newsom, our marriage equality champion, attempts to become the next governor of the great state of California, the great blue state of the state of California. And then finally, uh, in the second hour, one of our out transgendered elected officials, Councilwoman Lisa Middleton from Palm Springs, will be joining me to tell me all about what's happening in Palm Springs this weekend with Palm Springs Pride and what it's like to be of service as one of the first transgender elected officials in the United States, which is awesome. I know her. She's a pal. Uh, she's great. It'll be great to hear from her as well. But let's talk turkey kids because it is november 2nd and november 6th is just around the corner and if you've been paying attention meaning you're reading the los angeles times the new york times the san francisco chronicle uh washington post you're reading a newspaper and you're following your twitter feed and you're looking at the postings on facebook then you know what's going on right now in our country it is unprecedented we had within one week Within one week time span, we had two African-American men murdered by a white nationalist in Kentucky. We had Democratic representatives, former president, former secretary of state, Barack Obama and secretary of state Hillary Clinton, uh, pipe bombs sent through the mail by uh, a Trump supporter who was inspired by Trumpism and the politics of Trumpism. And in the same week, we had the horrible shooting at the Living Tree Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where we lost 11 lives, very sadly, because they were defending refugees and immigrants, as is Jewish Jewish and Judaic culture, to represent those who struggle and are oppressed. It's part of their mores and their values. And because they were helping refugees, something that uh, Trump called a threatening caravan coming across Mexico, one of their nutbags uh, went loose. And so in America, within one week, we saw a violent murder based on race, violent murder 
based on anti-Semitism. And for the first time in recorded history, uh, pipe bombs being sent uh, to elected and former elected representatives around this country and private citizens as well. This would be a defining moment for any president of the United States. For anybody sitting in the Oval Office, Democrat or Republican, or even independent, should that ever happen someday, this would have been a defining moment for somebody to sit in the Oval Office and tell the American people, enough, we're all in this together, we need to come together united as a unified nation and set aside our differences, we need to unify as a country and as a people and find our common ground and tone down the rhetoric and tone down the hate speech and learn to get along again, blue and red, and make America red, white, and blue again. It would have been a defining moment for anybody sitting in that office. And I think that uh, George W. Bush would have found the footing to do that. George H.W. Bush would have found the footing to do that. Bill Clinton or Barack Obama would have found the footing to do that. But not Donald Trump. Donald Trump read a carefully prepared script. You could tell he read it. He didn't believe it. He didn't buy it. And within the same speech, he was right back to talking campaigns and and lamenting and saying how terrible it was that they had lost momentum in their political campaigns because of the synagogue shooting. Sir, there are 11 dead people at the hands of a gunman, and you're worried about the momentum on your political campaigns? Are you out of your mind? We certainly know you have no morals and no values, but are you out of your mind to be so tone deaf to not recognize what that moment would have been in presidential history? You and your politics of hate and your rhetoric and your divisiveness and your anger and your red hat supporters, you have turned this country topsy-turvy into something that none of us recognize anymore. And we now have the opportunity as Americans from Maine to Alaska to reset the course of history. By turning out and voting, by saying enough is enough, if you don't understand, sir, when you use the word I'm a nationalist, that you are parroting the words of white nationalists all over this country, if you don't understand, sir, that people carrying tiki torches, neo-Nazis in Charlottesville are not the same as people who are protesting their presence, if you don't understand, sir, that you cannot just, with the stroke of a pen, undo the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which calls for equality under the law for all, regardless of our differences, including whether or not we are an immigrant or somebody here as a foreign alien. If you don't understand that this is what we are as America, we need to set the course right. And we are going to do that come Election Day, because... I am watching what's happening. 24 million people have already voted absentee. Stacey Abrams is positioned to become the first black female governor in the great state of Georgia. Governor Gillum may become a reality, the first African-American governor in the great state of Florida. We have Gerald Polis positioned to become the first openly gay governor of the state of Colorado. We have a record number of women candidates running all across the United States of America, and we are going to take you head on, Donald Trump, and your politics of hate and division, and we are going to reboot the United States of America back to a path where we are all equal, 
where we value our differences, where diversity is celebrated, and where we are going to respond to your right-wing nationalism in a way that you will not forget, sir. And guess what? You and me, we are all part of that. Because whether you live in a liberal liberal bastion like San Francisco or Los Angeles, it doesn't matter. You get to get out and vote. Your vote is as important as those voters voting in places like Texas, where Beto O'Rourke can knock off homophobe Ted Cruz. You are part of American democracy and people all over this country who are watching in horror at what is happening. And we are responding with the one thing that we have that cannot be taken away by any demagogue or tyrant, our vote, our vote on election day. And if you fail to vote and you're LGBT, you are not recognizing the sacrifices that your brothers and sisters made to get you to a place of where we are on the road to equality. You do not understand then that sacrifices were made to decriminalize and get rid of the sodomy laws, to pass legislation to protect us and discrim- against discrimination in employment, housing, and public accommodations, and you don't understand the battles that were waged against HIV and AIDS, and now the battles we're fighting for transgender equality. That all matters. It all counts. You are part of it. If you wake up in bed with somebody of the same sex, you are political. The only question is whether or not you'll do anything about it. And what do you need to do? If you haven't voted already, you need to vote Tuesday so that people know all across this nation that LGBT people vote. We may only be 5 or 6 or 8% of the population, depending on who you ask, but we vote. Like the Jewish community, we vote in record numbers because our lives depend on it. That is going to be the tenor of our show. Welcome to Sidebar with John Duran. You're listening to Channel Q and Radio.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. You're listening to Channel Q uh, in San Francisco, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Phoenix, Los Angeles, and our newest city, Palm Springs, Coachella Valley in the house. Yay, Palm Springs. And I have my first uh, media alert to read from Palm Springs, which I'm going to read to you all now. The Fantasy Springs Resort Casino regretfully announces that due to illness, Diana Crawl concert that's scheduled for this Saturday, that's tomorrow, has to be rescheduled, and that's a bummer. I love Diana Krall. You know, the LGBT people, we love some Diana Krall. But uh, she's sick, so the new date for the Diana Krall concert will be announced as soon as possible. So unfortunately, due to illness, she'll be postponing her Fantasy Springs show. Uh, Ticket sales have been halted, and refunds, if desired, will be offered through November 17th, 2018. Tickets already sold for the previous date will be honored for the new date as soon as she is feeling better and the new date is set. So Diana wishes to send her sincere apologies to her fans. Looks forward to seeing them all again in a month or two when her health is better. Ticket holders, if you have any questions, you should contact the Fantasy Springs Resort Casino box office at 800 
800-827-2946, the Fantasy Springs Resort. All right, there's my personal public service announcement to the people of Palm Springs. We'll be having Councilwoman Lisa Middleton joining us at about 1.15, out transgender Councilwoman from uh, Palm Springs, California, will be my guest. Look forward to talking to her. But in the meantime, we have the incredible Seppi Shine from the Human Rights Campaign in studio with us today to talk. Seppi, welcome. Hi, thank you, John. It's an honor to be here. I'm yeah. very excited. Oh, Talk about Tuesday, because I'm a nervous wreck. Okay. Yeah. Tuesday, the the good news is a lot of young people have been voting in different states, but we need them to turn up on Tuesday for sure, because we're, we're getting ballot returns in Nevada, Arizona. Unfortunately, the Republicans are sending more in, than, and Florida, too, right. than Democrats. So well, we need people to come out. And historically, that's the case. Republicans tend to vote absentee historically. They do. I mean, I vote absentee, too, just because I don't ever want to miss an election. But yeah. historically, that's the case. But we're counting on, especially millennials, yes, to vote. Right. We are counting on millennials. And honestly, the millennials have the most to lose if they don't turn out. It's your world, kids, right? Yeah. It's yeah, your absolutely. world. I mean, we can't leave it in the condition it's in right now. So I, you were talking about Arizona, Nevada. Obviously, there's a lot of hot races happening. We've got Stacey Abrams in Georgia and yes. Gillum in Florida yes. and Beto O'Rourke in Texas. Uh, but there's hot stuff happening on the West Coast, too. In fact, we've got listeners in Phoenix. Tell us about Kristen Cinema and what's happening in Cinema. Arizona. Kirsten Cinema is absolutely amazing. First of all, she's an out bisexual right. progressive our, Democrat. That's right. Our Some first bisexual not, member of the yes. U.S. Senate, possibly. Yes, yeah. and she was the first bisexual congresswoman to right. be elected. So right. she is uh, now running for Senate. Uh, witty, works across the aisle, which is so important, and yet progressive Democrat. Yeah. So she has been ahead of Martha McSally. However, now it's tightened up to 0.7 percentage points. So wow. we need. LGBTQ That's people. less than 1%. Yes, less and than 1%. And all this Trump hate speech about the caravan, the invaders from Honduras, uh, MS-13, and Muslims, it's like, it's a bunch of mothers with barefoot kids. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. But obviously, it's turning out those right-wing votes in Arizona. It is. And we need our LGBT people in Phoenix and all over Arizona to turn out as well. Exactly. We, we do need them to turn out in Arizona for Kirsten, and even... Over here in California, uh, in California District 25, we got to get rid of Steve Knight, who has been in pro-Trump, anti-LGBT right, Republican. Right. And remind people that, of course, the Knight Initiative, Proposition 22, that yep. was his dad's that, initiative, that right? That was his he dad's initiative. His dad had been fighting us yes. on marriage equality forever. Forever. And so we need to stop that. And we have and an that's awesome Palmdale, young- Palmdale, Lancaster, Yes, right? Palmdale, Lancaster, part of Los Angeles, Simi Valley. So Simi Valley folks, I know there's some LGBTQ people there. Please go out and vote for Katie Hill. Right. She is, she's young. She's, she's a 31. millennial, right? She's a millennial. She's very young, very yes, young. Yes, and yeah. a, Another out bisexual woman. Oh, I didn't know that about yes. her. Oh my gosh. And incidentally, I want to say we're having a free bus tomorrow. Take people from, um, and the meeting is at 7 a.m. at the Feminist Majority Headquarters. That's 433 South Beverly Boulevard. HRC is partnering up with them and providing a free bus with breakfast and lunch. Will McCormick from Will and Grace is going to be there to take selfies with people. Go out 
in Canvas, if you want to get involved, if you, you've been involved and you still have energy, if you, you're just like, what can I do? Do it tomorrow. Meet there at 7 a.m. Bus is going to leave at 7.30. You're gonna, they're going to take you out to Katie Hills District, and you're going to Canvas and be back by 5. That's awesome. And let's talk about Orange County, because yes. Orange County is happening, right? we got Dana Rohrbacher, who represents Laguna Beach, yeah. you know, Huntington Beach, the Orange Coast. He is a crazy right-wing surfing nutbag. Crazy. Uh, I mean, okay, he, he and I, the only thing we share in common is we're both advocates for medicinal marijuana, and we both surfed at one time. But he's a nutbag. He's crazy. And Harley Ruda is running to defeat Dana Rohrbacher and represent Laguna Beach in Newport, Yes, right? yes. Yeah. We need that seat taken. That Rohrbacher, major pro-Trump, really just... Needs to, needs, this one needs to flip. Yeah, and Mimi Walters in Irvine. She's another one. The big pro-Trump, you yep. know, came out of the Irvine area. But we got, uh, who's running against her? I, I sent her money. I've sent all these people money, yeah. by the way, because my member of Congress is Adam Schiff. But that's another possible pickup to get rid of Mimi Walters. We have Mimi Walters. We also have um, in California District 10, Denim. There's 29 toss-ups in the House races. And we have California District 10. Is Denim is running. Yeah. That's up in uh, Tulare, Fresno area, kind yes. of nearby Devin Nunes, who's also, I, I think Devin's going to get reelected, but it's a chance to turn another seat. And let's exactly. remind people, we have to only flip 24 seats yes. to have the House of Representatives back in the Democratic sense. And, and what that means, listeners, is uh, you know Congress has an equal amount of power as the presidency. So yes. we have another branch of government to counter everything coming out of the White House, all the loot which we haven't had. We haven't had anybody providing checks and balances. That's part of the reason, other than just his him, part of the reason why the Trump administration has been so outrageously right wing because there's no there's no checks and balances yeah. and afraid we need of that. They're afraid of him. I think They're a so lot of Republicans of are afraid of what could happen in their primaries, but they've completely abdicated any sense of responsibility to yeah. keep the nation on its proper track. Yeah. Nevada, we got people listening in Las Vegas. Another possibility, right? Jackie Rosen yes. to get rid of Dean Heller. Let's get rid of Dean Heller. Jackie Rosen, please turn out in Nevada. We need Democrats and independence, progressive independence to go out and vote. And even the Republicans that are sick and tired of the scandals and and not all Republicans are so right wing. Right, right. I have some friends who were, have been lifelong Republicans that have been like, no, we're changing to independence because of what's been happening. Well, it's no longer their party. I had no. dinner last night with two st- white, straight, male Republican friends of mine. I mean, they are the epitome of what's currently, and they're kind of like, ah, Trump, we just kind of ignore him and look the other way. I said, you can't. You can't look the other way. Exactly. He is, in essence, pushing this intolerant, right-wing, nationalistic mm-hmm. agenda that is seeping through your party. It is completely destroying your party like an acid falling on the GOP. Completely destroying it. But I, I also feel like they don't they just wanted their Supreme Court nominees push everything through, push everything through, and just at least we got those. And then we can talk about why the importance of the election, too. Yeah. All right. That- we we got to go to break. So we're, you're listening to Channel Q on FMHD and Radio.com. We'll be back. We're talking with Seppi Shine from the Human Rights Campaign. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. You're listening to Channel Q Radio on HDRadio.com in San Francisco, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Phoenix, Los Angeles, and our newest community, Palm Springs. Welcome, Palm Springs. Quick little announcement here, Radio.com. Next Door, the leading private social network for neighborhoods and participating Southern California Subaru retailers have partnered up to rock your block. Imagine if a world-famous band came to your neighborhood and put on a private concert for you and your neighbors. Well, now you can. It's double the fun when Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth, love Smash Mouth, arrive in your neighborhood to perform the concert of a lifetime. For the first time ever, we're giving one winning Southern California neighborhood, somewhere in SoCal, a private concert block party with food and fun for the whole family and the neighborhood. So go to nextdoor.com, rock your block to vote for your neighborhood, and tell your neighbors to vote and give you and your neighborhood a better chance at winning the big prize. Rock your block. All right. Thank you. We're talking to Seppi Shine here from HRC, and during the break, we were just fantasizing about what could possibly happen if the Democrats retook the House and what it might mean for LGBT people all over the country. It would mean a lot because we have one of the most important uh, bipartisan uh, LGBTQ legislations that is on hold right now called the Equality Act that is going to be brought up right away should the Democrats win the House. Is that ENDA? I remember ENDA, Employment Non-Discrimination Act, or is it morphed and become something new? It's morphed and become something new. Okay. And so it was a way to bring everybody on board. And what it's going to do is it's going to provide consistent and explicit non-discrimination protections for our community in employment, housing, credit, education, public spaces, and services, and federally funded programs, and jury service. So a lot of people don't realize, yes, you know, we got marriage equality, but so many of our uh, community still don't have protections in, in other right. states other than California. So you can get married in Tennessee, but yes. you could also lose your job for being gay or lesbian. As soon as they find out you got married. Yeah, as soon as they exactly. find out you got married, you're yeah. fired. And there's nothing exactly. you could do in a place like that. Nothing. And it's right now... Um, the, one great thing about the Equality Act is also going to update the Public Spaces Act to include retail stores and services such as banks and legal and transport. The retail store part is important because right now there is a Supreme Court case that might be appealed to the Supreme Court called Arlene Flowers versus Washington, which would possibly give the right to discriminate based on religion, which means, wow. look, where you can go to a store and somebody, if you're holding hands with your, your um, husband, wife, partner, whatever... The store can say, you need to leave, and we are not going to serve you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I had a Betsy Butler, I didn't know Betsy yes. from the Women's Law Center on my show a few weeks ago, and she was we were talking about the threat to Roe versus Wade with, you know, this rightward tilt we're all experiencing. And she said, well, she's not sure Roe would ever be overturned, but it would be death by a thousand cuts, That's that it exactly would be right. diluted and diminished. And I think the same is possible for LGBT issues. They may not completely take away marriage equality, but religious exemption would become the way to dilute its impact. Exactly. And what's really important to understand, too, 
too for the listeners is that the way our government works, it's interconnected. So you have the executive, you have the Senate, you have the House of Representatives and all the different departments and courts and federal courts and the Supreme Court. And it's so important to have checks and balances. We need to at least win the House. Everybody needs to come out and vote. It's so important. If we can get the Senate, oh my God, it would be amazing because right now this administration has just been filling these federal courts with right-wing nut jobs. Like Young really, ones, too. Young. The, Young. This is, these are lifetime appointments, and right. we potentially have, even within the next two years, goodness, I hope this doesn't happen, but two, two or two, three Supreme Court justices that might have vacancies and do we want another Kavanaugh? No, no, but they will make it happen if if they if we don't vote. Everybody needs to go out and vote and yep. these are the laws. I think that the, you know the uh the Oberfeld decision changed so many lives for the better mm-hmm. and it was a Supreme Court case. Right, right. Yeah. And Anthony Kennedy was our champion. He, of course, came yeah. from California. Yeah. He was a judge in Sacramento, appointed by Ronald Reagan, of all people. Who would have thought that an appointee of Ronald Reagan would become our champion on everything from striking down sodomy laws to yeah. equality, the, uh, the Colorado Ordinance on Equality, to marriage equality, ultimately, before he left? So elections have consequences. Big consequences. And I'd say to people, because people say, well, yeah, but we live in California. I say, wait a minute now. I was born and raised in L.A., but so many of us come from other places. And I know some of you listeners have family and friends in Dallas and Houston. Tell them to get out and vote for Beto because we could turn that seat blue. Exactly. You know? People in Las Vegas, get out, vote for Jackie Rosen. People in Arizona, Kristen Cinema. I mean, there are places to make a difference all over the country. Absolutely, and I would urge everyone, if anything, call a friend. Just check in with them. Say, are you voting? Great, here are my suggestions. Tell them your suggestions and then ask them to do the same. Because, and if they can't make it to the polls, if something's going on, offer to give them a ride. Support them to go out and vote. If they say, well, I'm not going to vote because it's not going to make a difference. After listening to this show, you know that it will and make that call. Yeah, and tell you what, if you don't, we will shame you. <laughs> we will shame No, I have no qualms about this. We, at LGBT people, there for a while, we thought we were 10% of the population. Now, it may be that we're actually 5, 6, or 7, or 8%. Maybe less than 10. But the point is, the Jewish community nationally is only 6% of the population, but they vote yes. in record numbers. Black women, they vote. Can't always get black men to vote, but black women, they vote. We got to get to the point where LGBT people, people will say they vote, and we have a disproportionate impact on the politics of this country. Absolutely, absolutely. And so... uh, so the checks and balances, the Equality Act, the the then there's some other potential Supreme Court cases that are going to make a big difference. Now you might say, well, these are Supreme Court cases. Who cares? But like I said, another nominee might be appointed to the court, and it's already right now with the makeup of the court, it's shifted so far to the right. We have um, Pigeon versus Turner, which could allow states to limit or eliminate be- benefits for married LGBT couples. Yeah. That's yeah, that, everyone said. Oberfell, you're done. No, it's no, not done. we're not done. Yeah, by the way, if you're LGBT, you're not done until the day you're six feet under. I'm going to tell you right now. Exactly. I mean, look at African Americans; they've been fighting for hundreds of years. Women for hundreds of years. And Immigrants, hundreds of years. Yes, hundreds of years. We're, we're, and we're in for the continue. long haul. We're yes. in for the long haul. And I tell people, think about not only 2018, but think about 2020, because if the House ends up with a big blue wave and we end up uh, with control of the House of Representatives in two years, most of the 
vulnerable senators are all Republicans in red states, we could take the U.S. Senate in 2020 and the White House back with somebody and get everything back in order. You're listening to Channel Q on FMHD and Radio.com. Thank you, Seppi Shine from HRC. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you. You're listening to Channel Q on FMHD and Radio.com, broadcasting in San Francisco, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Phoenix, Los Angeles, and our newest city, Palm Springs. And I'm very excited to tell you that uh, our next guest, uh, Samuel Garrett-Pate from Equality California, is joining us. I believe he's out in Palm Springs. Sam, are you there? Indeed. Right here in Palm Springs. Oh, my God. Are you poolside? I'm so jealous. I wish. We are um, gearing up for a rally with gubernatorial candidate Gavin Newsom this afternoon. Oh, my God. How exciting. Of course, I I assume all of the listeners know Gavin Newsom, Gavin being one of our champions when he was mayor of San Francisco, uh, champions on marriage, equality, and a longtime friend and ally of Equality California. Sam, let me ask you, are you nervous for Tuesday? I think anyone after the 2016 election uh, should be sort of cautiously optimistic, but maybe a little bit of nerves. Um, But look, at at the end of the day, we know that if everyone turns out to vote, especially members of the LGBTQ community, our allies, people who support equality, if we all turn out to vote on Tuesday, then there's nothing to be nervous about because we know that we will win. We have a majority of people, as long as everyone shows up and casts a ballot, we'll win. That's right. And we were talking earlier in the show that 24 million ballots nationwide have already been cast. But they're not all young people, but there's a lot of young people. And I I think we're all hoping that millennials, above all, are going to turn out on Tuesday, right? I mean, historically, millennials don't turn out in the same numbers as other age categories. Sure. So we know that, um, you know, the millennial generation uh, turns out it has historically turned out in lower numbers. And, you know, that's actually consistent, though, um, with the Gen X generation before them and the generation before them. Right. We know that younger voters don't always turn out in as high numbers as older voters. But I think what makes me optimistic, at least, is when you look at some of the biggest social movements going on in the country right now, the fight for LGBTQ equality, the fight you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the fight uh, for our dreamers for against climate change, all of these movements are largely led by young people and millennials. Um, so we know that the passion is there. It's just a matter of making sure, you know, young people have the resources and the opportunities they need uh, to be able to cast a ballot. And so that's what we're really focused on. So let, let, let's pretend that I'm a millennial. By the way, I am far from a millennial. I'm a big baby boomer. But let's pretend I'm a millennial and, and I'm I tweet and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Snapchat, but maybe I haven't been paying that close of attention to the elections and the politics. And okay, I'm thinking about voting Tuesday, but I don't even know who to vote for. Does Equality California have something, a voter's guide or something that people can download or take a look at? Sure. So not only that, I mean, I think a lot of people look at elections and they're like, whoa, you know, people have been making it harder for me to vote. I don't know who to vote for. Just like you said, here's the thing. We've got you covered. If you go to eqca.org slash vote, you can look up your polling place. You can look up what you need to vote. You can look at our pro-equality voter guide, which lists out all the candidates who, you know, we've gone through and done the research and made sure that they support LGBTQ equality. So there's really nothing to be worried about. Um, it, you know, it's, it's not super easy to vote, but there are all these organizations and resources like Equality California that are ready to help you.
That's that's awesome. Now, I, I have to tell our listeners, because I talked about this in an earlier show, but I was one of the co-founders uh, of Equality California way back in the year Absolutely. 2000. And when we were thinking and dreaming about someday getting marriage equality on the books, it's on the books. But now, 2018, are there still LGBT issues that people need to feel passionately about? And if so, I know there are. And if so, w- <laughs> what are they? Absolutely. Well, you know, we know that LGBTQ people are more likely to have pre-existing conditions, right? So when uh, there are people in Congress who want to vote to take away protections for pre-existing conditions and allow insurance companies to charge you more for things like asthma and HIV and cancer, um, even acne, I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's what people in Congress have been voting to do is allow insurance companies to charge you more just for having all these things. There are can't, that's an LGBTQ issue. We know that LGBTQ people are more likely to have a lot of these pre-existing conditions. So healthcare is on the ballot. Gun safety, we know that, you know, you don't just have to look at Pulse. We know that LGBTQ people are often the victims of gun violence. If you want people who will vote to pass common sense gun safety reforms, you've got to elect them into office. That's an LGBTQ issue. You know, you go up and down the line. Education is an LGBTQ issue. Racial justice is an LGBTQ issue. Immigration is an LGBTQ issue. So marriage was important, and it's important that we protect the freedom to marry, but that's certainly not the only LGBTQ issue out there, and all of those issues are on the ballot on November 6th. That's awesome. We've even got a statewide person. We've got Ricardo Lara, State Senator Ricardo Lara from Los Angeles, running for insurance commissioner, right? Would be Absolutely. one of our first out statewide office holders in the state of California. He would be he would be the first openly LGBTQ person elected statewide. Um, our friend, my friend, your friend, uh, Tony Atkins actually served as governor for a few hours one time uh, when both the governor and the lieutenant governor were out of state. Um, but that she was never elected to that office. Uh, Ricardo would become California's first openly LGBTQ statewide elected official. And that's not just true in California. We've got people who are LGBTQ open, running for office in Colorado, running for governor. In Nevada, we have um, a candidate running to be our next secretary of state out there, Nelson Araujo. I know you guys are live in uh, Las Vegas Vegas right now. Yeah, Yeah, if you live in Las Vegas, you have an opportunity to help elect Nevada's first openly LGBTQ statewide elected official. So we could really see a rainbow wave um, this year of LGBTQ candidates getting elected to office, but only if our community turns out and votes on Tuesday. And since we're broadcasting in Phoenix, Kristen Cinema could become the Absolutely. first bisexual U.S. senator on Tuesday. And, and these, these races are all so tight. I mean, if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, God, maybe if I get it in the gym early, I'll get to the... No! No! You go to the gym every other day of the year, <laughs> get to the polls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's- Here's what's funny. You know, we know that those people walking around in the Make America Great Again hats, those people are going to vote. They're going to turn up. So we've got to make sure that as many, if not more, and absolutely more if we want to win, we've got to make sure as many and more of us who don't who see those hats and don't think that the people that they're voting for represent our values. We've got to make sure that we go out and elect people 
who do represent our values. That's absolutely true. And by the way, we've got to take our straight allies along, too. You know that girlfriend that absolutely. you were at the Abbey with on Halloween night? <laughs> Call her. She's going to the polls with you. Take her to the polls along with you. How many absolutely. LGBT people are in the caucus these days? Evan Lowe is still an out gay member, Asian American, right? right? It, how many other yep. uh, are in the caucus these days? So we've got, we've got eight total. Um, but as, as we talked about before, our friend Ricardo Lara, who's a senator in the California Senate, um, he's one of those eight. If he gets elected to, the, to be our next insurance commissioner, which we absolutely hope he does, that's down one. Uh, we've got Kathleen Galgiani, who's an openly gay state senator here in California. She is termed out this year. So that's down another one. So we've got to make sure that we're electing enough LGBTQ leaders to the California legislature as well down the ballot. You know, don't just stop at governor and Senate and Congress. You've got to vote all the way down the ballot to make sure that we've got representation at our city council level, like yourself, uh, that we have re- uh, representation at our in our state legislatures, and we've got a historic number of LGBTQ candidates running for state legislature, not just here in California, but all across the country. So we've got to make sure that we're voting all the way down to make sure that LGBTQ people have a seat at the table at every level of our government. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I said this during the first hour, but I'm going to quote it again. And it, it's a very famous quote uh, that was said by a very uh, a notorious person. That would be me. Uh, and that is, <laughs> if you wake up in bed with somebody of the same sex, you are political. The only question yeah. is whether you do something about it, because trust me, the people in the red hats and the clergy, that evangelicals, they are politicizing your existence every day. The only question is whether you'll choose to participate in the most meaningful way, which is to get out and vote. And there's no excuse, right, Sam? There's no excuse why anyone shouldn't get to the polls on Tuesday. No excuse whatsoever. If you marched in the streets the day after the uh, Trump was sworn in, if you marched for Dreamers, for climate, uh, if you were out rallying uh, last week after Trump announced that he was going after trans people next, then you better make sure that you're at the polls on Tuesday because otherwise, you know, marching's great, but casting a ballot's the only way we're going to create real change. Wise and well said. Thank you, Samuel. We need to go to the top of our break, but I want to thank you and have a great time in Palm Springs. Say hi to all my lovelies out there in the desert. You too. I will do that. All right. Thanks, Sam. Equality California, you're listening to Channel Q. You're listening to Channel Q on FMHD and Radio.com in San Francisco, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Phoenix, Los Angeles, and our newest sister city, Palm Springs, on the air, Palm Springs, California. And I've got a a public uh, announcement here regarding Palm Springs, and that's the Diana Krall concert that was scheduled for tomorrow, November 3rd. Has to be rescheduled. Oh, I know. I'm a big Diana Krall fan, too. But the Fantasy Springs Resort Casino regretfully announces that due to ill the concert has to be rescheduled and it will be rescheduled as soon as possible unfortunately due to illness she announced that she'll be postponing her fantasy spring show which was scheduled for tomorrow saturday november 3rd 2018 uh, the ticket sales have been halted and refunds if desired will be offered through november 17th but if you've already bought a ticket and you just want to hang on to it you will be notified about the new date and your ticket will be good diana crawl sends her sincere apologies to all of her fans and looks forward to seeing you all in a month or so when she's feeling much better. Diana, we send you best wishes. We love you. We love hearing you sing and hope you get better soon. Ticket holders, if you have any questions, contact the Fantasy Springs Resort Casino box office at 
800-827-2946 regarding the cancellation of the Diana Crawl show. All right. Well, kids, we've had a HRC. We had the federal uh, representative here, Seppi Shine, representing the Human Rights Campaign. And we had Samuel Garrett Pate from Equality California representing the state uh, elections. And next up, we're going to have one of our local elected officials, one of the first transgendered uh, women elected in the country, uh, Lisa Middleton from the Palm Springs City Council. She's a friend of mine. Adore her, but has been very active in the Palm Springs community for a very long time, and an icebreaker, uh, being one of the first trans people elected nationally. The other being over on the East Coast, and now I'm blanking because I met her too. I think she's in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. But we've got two in the entire country, local level, and uh, it's very, very exciting. So, and that's how it all starts. You know, we've got Jared Polis running for governor of Colorado. We've got Tammy Baldwin running for re-election as an out lesbian in the U.S. Senate. But, you know, Tammy Baldwin started out as a local council member in, uh, not mistaken, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And Jared Polis started out as a local school board member, city council member, openly gay man in Denver. So these statewide electeds, and Ricardo Lara, we talked about him in the last hour, running for California State Insurance Commissioner, started out as a staffer to Assembly Member Marco Fireball in the Southgate area. Started out as a staffer before he ran for state assembly and then state senate and now he's running to become the first out elected statewide elected official in the state of california ricardo lara so what's my point my point is that all these people that are running for statewide office started out as local elected office holders like yours truly and they started at a time when you know it wasn't so easy to do and when i look back to uh, the 1970s when I first came out. Uh, You know, people talk about Harvey Milk being uh, out, San Francisco supervisor, ran and won in 1978. But important to remember, he ran twice before and lost before he eventually got elected to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. And Mayor Bob Gentry of Laguna Beach was actually elected Uh, also at the same time in the 70s. And so our early beginnings as uh, LGBT people in politics started out at the local level. And local level is where you have the most impact, where your vote really counts when you're voting for your local elected officials. So pay attention and support our LGBT people. It It makes all the difference in the world. When you're looking at things like funding for PrEP, you know, funding for PrEP, if you can get free PrEP through the LGBT Center, that didn't just fall from the sky. And the pharmaceutical companies aren't just being good and giving away free PrEP. That is money that comes out of state government, out of the state of California, budgeted money that's then spread down through the county system, through the county board of supervisors, and through the city, like cities of West Hollywood and Los Angeles. And so a lot of the benefits that you receive as an LGBT citizen uh, come through government, and government and government decision makings are made by elected officials And it's really important that we have LGBT elected officials sitting at the table making these decisions. Why? Because I'm sure we'll be talking to Lisa Middleton here uh, coming up very soon. 
I'm sure she, and I know she, cares passionately about LGBT issues. She does. Being a transgendered member of the LGBT community, of course she does. But she also cares about traffic and land development and education and human health services and poverty and homelessness, as we all do. But when it comes time to make those crucial budgetary decisions, having an LGBT person in the room and preferably at the decision-making table makes all the difference. And let's face it, kids, we're only 5 6 8% of the population, so it's really hard for us to get there without relying on the support and uh, votes of non-LGBT people. And, and that's why it takes a really act of courage for somebody to decide to run as an out LGBT person. But the polling is really interesting on this because some of the polling that exists says that a lot of straight allies, straight people, vote for LGBT candidates because they do believe they are trustworthy because they're being honest about their sexual orientation. And if they're being honest about their sexual orientation or now their gender identity, then by extension, they can be trusted being honest in other government dealings and government affairs. And so it's a really interesting twist that often LGBT candidates get a leg up simply for being LGBT and running for political office. So if you're thinking about running, contact the Victory Fund, contact Equality California, tell them you want to run for office. Got to get some training under your belt in order to run for office. It's not easy. I've done it many, many times. Been elected and reelected five times to the West Hollywood City Council. And I got to tell you, each time it's, uh, you know, walking doors and raising money. It's hard work, but it's so worth it in the end. So we'll be coming back to listening to Lisa Middleton after the break, you're listening to Channel Q and on Radio.com. Welcome back, kids. Radio.com. And I've got an announcement here i got to make. Next Door, the leading private social network for neighborhoods and participating Southern California Subaru retailers have partnered up to rock your block. Imagine if you can. If a world-famous band came to your neighborhood and put on a private concert for you and your neighbors, now you can. Double the fun if Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth showed up on your block to perform the concert of a lifetime. So for the first time ever, we're giving one winning Southern California neighborhood a private concert and block party with food and fun for the whole gang. So go to nextdoor.com, rock your block to vote for your neighborhood and tell your neighbors to vote to give you and your neighborhood a better chance at winning the big prize. You're listening to Channel Q on FMHD and Radio.com broadcasting in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Phoenix, and today our newest city, 103.1 in Palm Springs, California, and we are graced and so happy to have my pal Lisa Middleton, uh, the councilwoman from uh, Palm Springs on the show with us today. Lisa, are you there? Hold on. We're bringing Lisa on. Lisa, are you with us? All right. I'm going to keep talking until we get Lisa, but Lisa will be on the line soon. Oh, there you are. Hey, Lisa. Yeah. There you are. John, welcome to Palm Springs. How are you doing? I wish I was poolside. I was telling my producers here that back in the 70s, I was one of the pool boys with my Greyhound cocktail uh, and my Speedo poolside with all the older men in Palm Springs, older meaning 34 years old. Uh, Yeah, life has (laughs) certainly changed since then. (laughs) Well, we will be very happy to have you back out here and, uh, you know... Poolside is uh, 
it's where everything begins in Palm Springs. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I got to tell our listeners that don't already know, because of course I know, because I follow this stuff, but Palm Springs, California has an all LGBT city council, right? Not only do we have an all LGBT city council, but we have covered the L, the G, the B, and the T. That is awesome. You got two gay men, one lesbian, one bisexual woman, and you are the first transgender, I think, elected uh, in Southern California, aren't you? Uh, first transgender person elected to a non-judicial office in the state of California. Vicki Kolakowski was elected to the Alameda Superior Court about a decade ago. Right. So right now, it's just Vicki and I. That is uh, amazing. Amazing. Now, I think I know your story, but, uh, you know, I was telling our listeners earlier in the show that, you know, while I, I know that you and I both care passionately about LGBT issues, there's not an LGBT way to fill potholes or do economic development or parking or affordable housing. In, in fact, it, we're just like any other community member in, in addressing those sort of municipal issues. How did you get? Love, how did you get involved with Palm Springs politics? Well, I first joined uh, our neighborhood uh, organization uh, when we retired out here in 2010, uh, and from that uh, got involved uh, with uh, the various neighborhoods that we have, and became uh, the president of the coalition of 45 neighborhoods we have in Palm Springs. And uh, I like what you said. I try to remind people that the very first speech I ever gave on any political issue in Palm Springs was to ask for more funding for street repairs. Yep. Yep. That's how it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. uh, potholes do not have a gender. Yeah, they, they do not. <laughs> oh, my God, I have so many punchlines, but I'm sure the censors would not approve of any of them. <laughs> they yeah. probably would not. But. <laughs> uh, but we're really proud of our city. It is absolutely uh, booming. Uh, tourists are coming, and uh, we have the hotels uh, expanding uh, and reinvigorating their brands and their facilities, new restaurants. Uh, we find ourselves opening a new business, it seems, almost every other day in Palm Springs. Uh, and uh, I think it's just a testimony that if you've got a good brand and you build it uh, and you create a diverse, welcoming community, people are going to come. Well, what's the estimate of the LGBT percentage in Palm Springs or, or the greater Coachella Valley? In Palm Springs specifically, uh, it's about just under 50% of wow. our full-time residents that identify as LGBT. Uh, we have always had uh, uh, LGBT residents in our city. Uh, my good friend David Wallace uh, wrote a book a few years ago. A city comes out talking about how uh, Palm Springs was a haven for many of the closeted uh, uh, gay and lesbian actors, uh, actresses, directors, producers, and all the behind-scenes folks. But in the last 20 years, uh, Palm Springs has really resonated with uh, the LGBT community, particularly individuals like uh, my wife and I, who... Uh, 
started looking for a good, comfortable place to retire to and couldn't find any place any better than Palm Springs. That is awesome, and and of course I, I, I of course I knew you were previous mayor Ron Oden because he was at the Abbey I think more than he was at Palm Springs City Hall. <laughs> I used to kid him all the time, like Ron, don't you have your own town? I'm the mayor of this town. Go back to Palm Springs. But before that, it was uh, Sonny Bono uh, was the mayor of Palm Springs, of course, another big name from yeah. Hollywood. But I, I we, tell- we've had a couple. Yeah, I tell yeah. people that the the history of the back and forth between West Hollywood and Palm Springs goes back a hundred years, like you said, back to the early days of movie making when the Gardens of Allah got started. That was a secret hideaway yeah. on the Sunset Strip. Well, the other oh, secret that- hideaways were all in Palm Springs. Well, uh, they're not a secret anymore. We have told the whole world about them, and uh, they're coming out and having a good time. Uh, This, for us, is Pride Weekend. We do it in November when things have cooled off, uh, and there are just going to be activities uh, around the clock for the next 72 hours. And if you're sitting there in Los Angeles, and looking for something fun to do, get on out to Palm Springs. Uh, the parade will be on Sunday. Uh, it is uh, a really cool happening uh, weekend. That is awesome. Palm Springs Pride. You know, the, uh, my two guests before you, Lisa, were Seppi Shine from the Human Rights Campaign and Samuel uh, Garrett Pate from Equality California were both on the show talking about Fabulous. the elections. And now I've got you, my, my third political person. And we were talking about LGBT turnout for Tuesday. What do you What do you think? You think people, uh, LGBT people, are going to turn out in record numbers on Tuesday as a statement uh, back on Donald Trump? Or, or what do you think is going happen Tuesday? There is so much at stake on Tuesday. We absolutely need everyone turning out. Uh, I don't know how many uh, folks in the LGBT community uh, that I've heard and spoken to over the last two years who are so distraught over what they see from this administration. And uh, if you're not happy with what he's doing, you have got to get out and vote. Absolutely. Lisa, we got to take a commercial break. Are you available to stick around for one more segment? I want to chat with you some more if you're free. I am yours until 2 o'clock. I got you. All right. We're talking to Councilwoman Lisa Middleton from Palm Springs, California. You're listening to Channel Q. You're listening to Channel Q on FMHD and Radio.com, broadcasting in San Francisco, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Phoenix, Los Angeles, and as of today... Palm Springs, California, and we're talking to the fabulous Councilwoman Lisa Middleton from the Palm Springs City Council. Lisa, you're still there with me? I'm here with you, John. All right. I think I'm I'm hearing some feedback, and can maybe turn your radio off? off? All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How's that? Better. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, I'm going to try well, to talk to you. I can hear I can hear an echo of my own voice. So what I, this tells me is I will talk less and I will listen more, which is unique for me. Oh, there we go. It's out of my head now. Okay. Lisa, do I still have you? No, I don't have Lisa now. 
All right. Well, we're going to get Lisa Middleton back on the phone somehow. She'll probably call back and we'll add her to the call when we can. But this is a, a good time. I was just going to ask Lisa about her decision to run for uh, city council and run for elected office. And, and I think if you're listening and uh, you're thinking, you know what, that if that knucklehead John Duran could get elected mayor west hollywood and clearly lisa got elected maybe i have a shot and do we have lisa back now we lisa are you there i'm here john there you are great we got you back i was just telling our listeners uh, about the decision to run for office i tell maybe tell the lgbt person who's listening right now thinking god if that knucklehead john duran can get elected to office you know uh, and lisa middleton got elected to office how, how do i get elected to office what what should somebody do if he or she is thinking about running for political office uh, talk to people who have run for office in your community and uh, uh, that uh, you like and have been successful and uh, uh, get some uh, mentoring from them. Uh, talk to the people in your community uh, that you're thinking of running in as to what are going to be your issues. Uh, it is all about uh, having a good campaign uh, plan and connecting with the voters. I think that's absolutely right, and very, very good advice. I have to ask Lisa now. You know, being one of the first, like I was the first uh, openly gay Latino elected to office. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there were like lots of uh, a white and black uh, uh, elected uh, LGBT electeds before me, but I was the first Latino across that line. You're one of the first. Obviously, you're the first trans. I mean, was there a point in your decision making where there was doubt or discomfort, or can I really do this? Um, can I pull this off? Anything like that happened for you? I had uh, some doubts at, uh, at different times, certainly in my life, but uh, living in Palm Springs and getting to know this community and knowing the kind of connections that I had in uh, the city of Palm Springs, uh, I entered the campaign with uh, uh, a great deal of confidence uh, because I I had trust in the voters in this town. That's awesome. Let me ask you, because people ask me about this sometimes. Do you ever experience any transphobia uh, in, in your community? Uh some from time to time. And, Within the uh, LGBT community or outside of it or both? A little bit of both, but uh, yes, there is some uh, transphobia that uh, comes up from time to time in uh, uh, in the gay community, and uh, so far, nothing that uh, has uh, that I can't handle. A couple of times, people have uh, sent some things in that were uh, pretty bad, and I take a look at it, and then I read read it back again, and I find myself saying, "So is that your best shot?" <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> I love it. I a few weeks ago, I had some trans activists on the show talking with us, and and we were chatting about uh, the vernacular or the language that, for a lot of people in community and even within the LGBT community, that uh, often people don't have the right vocabulary or language in which to discuss trans issues. Do you do you find that to be familiar in your service? I, from time to time, yes, you run into 
individuals who struggle with uh, what should I say. Uh, one of the things that I've been out for over 20, almost 25 years now, uh, I can tell when somebody has uh, their heart in the right place and they're searching for the right words to use. And uh, uh, it's always pretty easy to, uh, to help those individuals find uh, the words they're looking for. Hmm. And like you say, you can always tell who's actually good-hearted and just trying. They're they're trying their best. Yes. Yeah, I had I had dinner last night at uh, Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant in West Hollywood with two straight white male Republican friends of mine. And well, you know, we all have to do outreach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I, it was fascinating to me that even in this day and age, they were I I could tell they were struggling trying to find the right words. Uh, to make sure that they weren't going to step on my toes. And, you know, I, I wanted to say, guys, I've got files in uh, back at the office called hate mail. <laughs> it's just yeah. thick. Any, any, you know, miscalculation on verbiage right now is really not going to be that significant because I could tell they were trying. They're really trying their hardest. Oh, you can, you can always tell when people uh, are trying to do the right thing and, uh, Give them room to uh, to grow and let them do it. But uh, uh, their support uh, for LGBT issues across the political spectrum. I'm a very proud Democrat, and I uh, feel very clearly that uh, the Democratic Party has uh, earned the support of the LGBT community. Uh, but uh, I also know that we have an awful lot of friends uh, within the uh, that are. Republicans, and uh, it is important that they feel at home on our issues as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. Did you think that Trump-Pence would be such a nightmare for trans people? I mean, maybe we thought they weren't going to be supportive, but they've really been brutally hard on transgendered people. Uh, I think anyone who has uh, paid any attention to Mike Pence's politics uh, is not surprised by what we are seeing now. Uh, And when it comes to uh, President Trump, uh, we've known that he's a bully and an opportunist uh, from the very beginning. So uh, I wish I could say that uh, I was surprised, but I'm not. Yeah, same here. You know, I remember the big debate over uh, gays and lesbians in the military back in the 1990s. We spent so much time talking about the showers. That, that became like the issue is that we're going to have to shower by one another. And I remember former Senator Barry Goldwater from Arizona saying, you know, I don't care if the person in the down in the uh, the uh, the uh, foxhole with me is gay or straight. I just care whether he or she can shoot straight. And I love that about Barry Goldwater when he when he said that. But it seems like today the transgender issue, it's come down to where are people going to pee i'm like seriously this is the burning issue is bathrooms what about everything else military service employment marriage government benefits and we're talking about where somebody is going to urinate you've got to be kidding me uh i am an american i was born in this country i cared deeply uh, about my country, and no one took my patriotism away uh, when I came out as transgender. 
This is why I love Lisa Middleton. You see that? You just gave me goosebumps all over my arms. <laughs> Both of them. That's awesome, Lisa. Very, very cool. Well, Lisa, I'm being told that we're going to have to wrap up because we got to go to our next commercial break. But I want to thank you and all your colleagues on the Palm Springs City Council for making Palm Springs such a dynamic, great mecca, sister city to my great city of West Hollywood. And have a wonderful Pride weekend in the desert. John, thank you, and we look forward to uh, meeting up uh, in West Hollywood or in Palm Springs. I will be there, but not with a Speedo, not at the age of uh, 59. (laughs) I'll see you soon. Be well, my friend. All right, you're all listening to Channel Q, radio.com. You're listening to Channel Q on FMHD and Radio.com, broadcasting in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Phoenix, and our newest city, Palm Springs, California. Happy Pride Weekend, Coachella Valley and all of Palm Springs. I hope you're all having a great weekend. I'm sure it's going to be gorgeous. Just promise me that you will not forget to come back and vote on Tuesday if you haven't already voted absentee. This has been a phenomenal show, you all. We've been talking about the upcoming elections because it is uh, November the 2nd, and we are just four days away from the midterm elections. And historically, voter turnout is usually very low at midterm elections and much higher during the presidential election. But there's something going on in the United States of America. Historic numbers of people are showing up and voting early. They're voting early in Georgia. They're voting early in Florida. They're voting early in Texas. All across this country, already 24 million ballots have been cast. That's double what normally happens. And they're coming from both parties. And I don't assume, by the way, that every Democrat is voting for Democrat or every Republican is voting for Republican. I think people are having a real soul searching about our politics and what's going on in our nation and feeling the obligation to vote. We watch what happens with elections around the world, with elections in the Middle East or elections in Eastern Europe or Central Europe, where people stand in queues for hours, hours to cast a vote in lines with thousands of people in Africa as well, casting a vote and often think, well, God, if we'd only do that in America. And guess what? It's happening in America now. And you and I are going to be part of it on Tuesday. If you haven't voted already, I don't care if the queue is snaking around the block. And I don't care if it means you're not going to get 30 minutes on your treadmill or you're going to have to skip a stage of squats on the leg machine. I don't care if you're meeting people for dinner. They're going to have to understand you're late. And I don't care if you think you got to walk your dog or your pup and you can't make it to the polls too. Take your dog or your pup to the polls. We are going to turn out in historic numbers. And the reason we're doing that is that something's happening here. That's a famous song from the 1960s. It was during the Vietnam War when a song came out of Buffalo Springfield up on my city's Sunset Strip. A song called Something's Happening Here. That something was awakened in the United States of America as a response to the Vietnam War. And you know what? Something is happening right now. Now, and you and I are part of it in response to the politics of Donald Trump. 
Trump, where we have open Nazis marching in Charlottesville, black men being killed in Kentucky, people being shot down in a synagogue by a crazed shooter who believed that these were Jews that had to die for trying to protect refugees in a caravan that Donald Trump was out campaigning on, and where pipe bombs are sent to leaders all across this country, all in the past few weeks. Does that look like America to you or to me? Or are we in a very dark period of time historically and politically that looks unlike anything else that's ever happened before? I would say it is the latter. That is, in fact, what is going on. And the correction will come on Tuesday because historic number of people turn out to vote or it won't. And imagine for a moment if people don't turn out to vote and if there be, ends up being no check or balance in the U.S. Congress to Trumpism politics, if Nazis are marching openly on the streets now, if people are threatening to gun down refugees uh, as they're trying to cross the American border seeking sanctuary from political oppression, if right-wing political extremism is raising its head as anti-Semitism and xenophobia against immigrants and homophobia and transphobia now, how much worse could it get? Does it feel like Berlin in 1934? When LGBT people were celebrating in the cabarets of Berlin, thinking it could never happen to us. It could never happen here. It's just the Reichstag. Just extreme politics from the right. Could never happen to anything terrible. Could never happen. Without checks and balances, it does happen. And we have a responsibility on Tuesday to put in the checks and the balances. Because if the election goes the way that I'm hoping it's going to go, and if the Democrats retake the House of Representatives, there will be accountability on the Trump administration. And the current Republican Congress under Speaker Ryan, which has done nothing to give any sort of balance to Donald Trump's insanity, vulgarity, and just plain old lunacy. They've sat back because they're afraid of what he'll do to him, them in Republican primaries or thinking that they're getting what they want anyway with judicial appointments. There's no check or balance to the extremism of Donald Trump. If we put that correction in on Tuesday and if we have a new Speaker of the House and if the Democrats have a blue wave that stretches from the deep south all across the plains and into the big cities and we suddenly find ourselves in control of the House of Representatives, then West Hollywood's Adam Schiff will be the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee investigating Russia. Los Angeles's Maxine Waters will be the chairwoman of the Finance and Banking Committee. And the new Speaker of the House will probably be Nancy Pelosi of San Francisco and LGBT people. We will be in a place to put in the proper correction to the extremism of Donald Trump and his loonies and crazies. You need to vote on Tuesday. It, it's as if your life depends on it, because it does. You're listening to Channel Q on HD and radio.com.